Tired of winning the tailgate, but losing the games? We can't help that. But we can tell you what the hell is up with each team and what's going on across sunny San Marcos. Texas State fans, get on your feet. You're listening to Squaring Around with Jacob Rodriguez and Andrew Zimmel. What's up? Welcome to episode four of Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez, and that is the Texas State Sports Press, a.k.a. the mouth from the north and also across America at this point because of a thing we'll tell you about later. Andrew Zimmel, how's it going, Andrew? I'm worldwide, baby. Thanks for having me on again, Jacob. Always fun to talk about Texas State, unless it's not, and then it's uh, painful. Uh, usually it's painful, buddy. And... Uh, Sorry, I'm just pulling up my own rundown that I created. It's only painful between the months of August and like November because nothing ever happens in December with Texas State football. Except this time we have new coaches. That was fun. Got the final of, uh, I think you called them the roses we handed out, hand out for the uh, Bachelor. We finally have the end of the coaching staff. Hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully we don't have to make any more changes between mm-hmm. now and uh, the season beginning next year. You never know, though. But the thing I want to start with is men's basketball because that's mm. our... I think, do you think we like this team better or worse than the football team? Love it. Love it. Way more. Way yeah, more. There's a, there's a lot of positive memories of us in college, uh, going to games, being the baseline bums, going to Herbert's beforehand. At one point, we did go tailgate volleyball games. That was kind of a thing for us for a while. Um, but we we loved, we fell in love uh, when Nigel was on the team, when he left. Isaiah Small is one of my favorite players ever. Alonzo Zuler. That was fun. But now none of those guys are on the team. And that's what Terrence Johnson is dealing with. You left You left off the most important one, Alex Peacock. That was uh, the guy. Alex yeah. Peacock was the best. I love that guy. Anyway, you know, a whole different team. I think the only carryover, and the only reason it is a carryover is because of COVID, is a Mason Harrell, who, when he came in, Jacob, I remember talking about it on a, a KTSW, being like, what do we expect out of a guy who is really small, under six foot, he was Mr. Gator, a player of the year in Oklahoma the year after Trey Young had won the award so it was like this is this is a legit player this is a legit guy what, what... With, uh, Allen Iverson too you know oh yeah no he was like he was legit but I think that like him taking over this team look is he better than Nigel Pearson god no is he swaggier than any other player yes this guy drips charisma he drips swagger I I love him Especially now with the new media relations team. Shout out Chris K. Because <laughs> they're posting a bunch of stuff about him all the time. Oh, yeah, no. Whoever but, took the photo of him with the three fingers and, like, the ring, that you can retire. This yeah, is great. great. Like, it's not going to get better than that. Basketball team's got a bunch of great content. I just want to read off just a little bit of their roster, too, just so you can get an idea of how young these guys are. Dylan Dawson, junior, Tyler Morgan, senior, David Coleman, junior, Elijah Kennedy, sophomore transfer, Davion Sykes, freshman, Jordan Mason, freshman, Brandon Davis, junior, Nate Martin, junior, Mason Harrell, four-letter senior. It just goes on, but these guys are relatively young. And that's kind of why I was confused with so many people on Twitter.com and other places talking about how, like, oh, we need to stop scheduling cupcake gangs against the University of Mary Hart and Baylor and all these other players. But as you were telling me off air, um, you know, this team's lost almost half of those conference games too. If it was a cupcake schedule, it would be what, 13 and 0? 
Nah, so like I understand I understand where fans say that because it's like the same thing every single year. And before you could kind of blame it on the head coach and the athletic director, you would say, like, okay, who who's making this schedule? Sunbelt's a really competitive uh conference when it comes to group of five basketball. And uh Texas State has been winning the Sunbelt like every other year, it feels like for the last like seven or eight. So even if we are playing a quote cupcake preseason schedule, gotta remember. We played games that like in Hawaii that were like 2 a.m. tip-offs. Those are not easy games. It's fun to hang out at the beach. Not an easy game for a sleep schedule. Also, we're 7-6 and six in non-conference play. If it is a cupcake schedule, then just say that the team is bad. But the team's not bad. It's not. A, I don't think it's a cupcake schedule. I think that you have to build a non-conference schedule where you see things that you're going to see in conference. And look, Mary Harden Baylor does not have the same type of caliber players as, say, a App State or a Georgia State. But they do run similar plays. They do run type defenses. Terrence Johnson knows what he's doing. I have faith in him. Oh, yeah. He's a great coach. The thing that I guess a lot of people will will also say about him is that he inherited a good team. Well, that's partly true. But the team also really enjoyed him. Nobody left, you know, and everybody loved him and played their hearts out for them. So that's like part of the success story, too, is that he's a player's coach. He's always defending guys, uh, even when they have an off night. And, uh, you know, you can go back to the last two press conferences that they had. They're playing ULM right now for context. Uh, so I'll insert the score of that somewhere in this. Um, and then and this could be a completely a different podcast, honestly, if we do that score. Because <laughs> if you drop your first conference game to ULM, that's a different story. I, I don't, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really care the first half of conference. If you are over, okay, now we have a problem. But if you go 500, maybe one loss under 500 in the first half of conference, doesn't really matter. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the Sun Belt has a tournament at the end of the year. All of this non-conference stuff, all of the conference play, it matters for seeding. It does not matter for that conference tournament. Because we've seen Texas State be a lower seed, have a really good conference tournament, end up in the championship game. We've seen Texas State be the one seed and choke it away. It's all about the tournament. It's how you play in March. Let and them tune up play in March is been the history lesson. Yeah. Let them let them tune up now. Let them have their 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 deal now. Keep everybody healthy. And then when the Sunbelt tournament comes around, we play for a, a bid for the NCAA tournament. That's how it's always been. Yeah. So you're not panicking. Uh, I'm like, I guess there's reason for their struggles. Like it, it, you bring in all these freshmen and sophomore transfers and like that's to be expected. They haven't played a lot of basketball. And, you know, um, people are mad because, like, we're, we're playing against who? We're playing against what? But uh, I think the record. Learn geography. That's what yeah. this is for. It's for mm-hmm. the people who graduated and haven't looked at a map since graduation. That, also, that's what this is yeah. for. It helps you learn where places are. We played Washington State, Rhode Island, UTSA, Cal, uh, Hawaii, Lamar and Rice. Uh, oh, UTA, Mary Harden Baylor, Sam Houston. By the way, lost to Mary Harden Baylor and Sam Houston. Not good looks in both games. Uh, Terrence Johnson has a bite where he says, you know, where we learn mistakes, we learn from mistakes. It's it's hard to learn, you know, but you know, if you make a mistake, at least you're learning. Something along those lines. You know, I, I think I think painful lessons, they're only painful if, if you lose. But when it comes down to it, you 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 want to win or you or you want to learn. So you can win and learn. I think there's some things tonight that we're going to be able to learn from, but it feels better learning after a win. 
what Good. an excellent quote. A real quote from a real leader right there. No, it's like you got to you got to <laughs> fumble. You got to make mistakes to to learn better. Great. That's a very coachy cliche. As long as we're beating teams in the Sun Belt, I don't care if we go over in conference. It does not really matter or uh, non-conference. It doesn't really matter to me. Just win games in your conference play. Hopefully they get ULM tonight. Yeah, lead play is here. Obviously, you know, um um, there are no surprises in league play. You know they're very familiar with us as we were, were with them. You know, um, you know I think you got to credit those guys. They came in and they fought to the end. We had opportunities tonight, and uh, and just could not capitalize on those. You know, if you're playing at home and you can hold a team to 29% shooting from the field, 28% shooting from the three, you should like your chances. But uh, you know we struggled today, um, getting the rhythm, getting the flow. You know, maybe, maybe it's a number of a few things, uh, uh, but you know, I think the credit has to go to that team and, and the way that they were able to um, disrupt our rhythm. Um, certainly, um, we need to do better. We need to be better at every facet of the game. We need to be better at, at at defending. We need to be better at completing plays. We need to be better at rebounding in crucial moments. So uh, we got a long way to go. We we do, you know. I, I've said that before. That this is a team that's growing, trying to find its identity, uh, and now it's lead playing, and, and we should, we we have to know who we are. And you know, it's 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 no it's no time. We we have no more freshmen. We we, we it's too much. It's, we have no more freshmen, and now is the time. So, um, you know, um, you know, we got to figure out a way how to respond. We got to figure out a way to get the most out of this team. So. Bouncing back from their back-to-back losses, to uh, they had beaten the University of Sciences and Arts, which, if you didn't know, is in Oklahoma. So Mason Harrell's little brother plays there, too. And so that was kind of the storyline of that, is that they were all banded together to get this win for Mason. They beat them 87-72. to 72. This is not like some pity victory, you know? So. Yeah, you know, like I said, the I I think that you schedule games like that so you recruit the area a little bit better, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't, I've never have. Um, also, I think it's a fine schedule. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't, it doesn't. Especially when you have a young team like Terrence Johnson has. And, you know, he, the thing I did like about, you know, I was reading off of those roster names earlier just to give you some fucking, uh, understanding and context. You, you, You could have made up two of those names and I probably wouldn't have called you out. Well, I didn't. So, but I, I, what I was saying is that Texas is, on that list, like everybody, a lot of the guys have Texas backgrounds too. So when you talk about GJ Kinney wanting to recruit Texas, recruiting Texas, like our hair's on fire, Terrence Johnson's wrote the playbook on that. And that's what he's trying to do. Even some guys from uh, the central Texas area, which is very hard to do. It's because a lot of these coaches have to drive. So you look at it that way. Seriously, you look at it that way. You go, okay, do I, is there somebody I can actually get in Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, or can I just keep it within a five, six-hour driving distance away? Which makes sense to me. I get it. On the flip side of this, too, we have the women's team who's doing very well in their out-of-conference schedule. They're nine and three overall right now. They uh, they won their first conference game too. Shout out to the coaching staff. Coach Z was always really good to us at the Star. And uh, Paige Love is over there, one of the uh, assistant coaches, and she has always been great to me. Like never, I've never had any sort of problem. Is she's been so so good at Texas State too? She's got to be one of the like longest tenured assistant coaches in, in Texas yeah. State, like for sure. 
Well, she was the head coach at another school before she came back. So it's one of those things. Mm, gotcha. So what do you think about them going into their conference schedule? They play on New Year's Eve, December 31st. I'm here for it. Um, look, women's basketball has always been really tough to kind of decipher, kind of figure out, because they always have one or two players that really stand out. And then we get to the conference like playoffs, the tournament at the end of the year. That's where they kind of seem to always have a problem. But Coach D has done a really good job of consistently having consistent teams in the regular season. So it's how do you take that success from year over year and then translate it into playoff success? Because a couple of years ago, the conversation was being had around like, hey, what's her job security like? Is the seat a little bit hot on Coach Z? And I remember when you, you were calling for her job in college. Hey, I, I never called for anybody's job over here. Uh, I have questioned what are we, what's the goals? What is the, the bar? Are we, are we happy with the, the success that we're having? No. Okay. Well, maybe we do need to have a change. No, it's like the question was being had, like, well, what's the job security like over there? And, you know, she proved that they can win the conference regular season and, you know, can they win the conference title? That's, that's, I think what the bar has to be for this Bobcat team, not this year, but just as the program continues, like, that needs to be a standard that they they, they have. Well, because they're usually first or second round outs, you know. They make it so far, could capture the regular season title, and then they just fall apart in conference play. We saw that uh, junior year they lost to South Alabama. Um, senior year. Got canceled. Who, who cares, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's that's the other thing, right? Like, they've done a really good job of recruiting, and Coach G has had, in the last six years, I would say probably five of the top 25 players ever in Bobcat women's basketball history, maybe four. They're, she's had a bunch of very good individual players, but the teams haven't had that, that success that you really want them to. And it's like, how do you get to that next level, right? Like what, what unlocks that? Now, recruiting has been really big. They do a really good job recruiting. They do a really good job of getting all those girls and women to pull in the same direction. But like it's hard to it's hard to say right like because there's a lot of good recruiters and there's a lot of good players coaches but there's not a lot of coaches that can take that next step the great ones can and texas state i i don't know if we have a great women's basketball coach i love coach z that she's she's the best she's not been nothing but kind to me and um i i i love her i think that she's great but again if you're looking if you're a bobcat fan and you want success across the board then you need to have the standard of success a little higher, right? And right now, I don't know if we're justified to ask for that. Maybe, well, maybe of, we are. Yeah. Well, part of tech, uh, Coach Z's like legacy too has been leading like the nine and twenty team to their first conference tournament win. You know, and so that's kind of the thing is that like she was the lady who turned this whole thing around. Surely we could find success in this. Maybe this is the year. Maybe it's not. Uh, but like you were saying, Coach Z's been amazing to us. So what do we we'll keep we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. And like I said, I both both programs, I really have a hard time getting angry in the first half of conference play. Once you're playing these teams twice, that's when I start saying, "What's the deal?" Right? Like you shouldn't lose by 15 points in a conference game at home. I, I've always said that that's kind of like a standard for Texas State because there's no team in this conference I think that's 15 points better than the Bobcats on their home court. There shouldn't be at least. Can you 
lose close games against great teams, and can you win the games that you're supposed to? And so far, they, they're one and zero in conference. They've they've got one deal down. They've they've got a couple more to go. It's a shame too that the 2020 season happened the way it happened because of how much momentum both the men's and the women's teams had gained. Um, you know, headed into the that kind of late break of the season. Um, I, I would have pictures of the whiteout because that was the very onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in America. And so there's just a sea of white shirts all around Strand. This is right after they took the wall down. And it was awesome. It was like, it was like being at a D1 basketball school and everyone was losing their minds. We lost that game, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Back Not to App State. No, we, we um, beat App State. We beat them? Yep. Cause we I, I on the went next down thing. on that one. Here's why. We beat App State and we were getting ready to go to the Sunbelt Tournament, the, the championship, uh, because I had a hotel and press passes and mm-hmm. it got canceled. So we were we were ready to go on to the next the next step. Um, I, I you know, if I was not riding those games, I was drinking. So yeah. Yeah. No, I was I, I was sober as a as a as a church lady. I was ready to go. John Lee called me right now. <laughs> I got a I had a phone call too that I had to blow up. So you're good. Um this the final rose ceremony for Texas State football happened. Like literally as soon as we signed off air last week and by the way is a more happy anniversary this is four weeks one month pretty much of us doing this podcast so what's the one month gift what did you give your girlfriend after one month we didn't give each other anything my girlfriend's with the start one month what do i get what do i get for one month of podcasts huh you a get, rose do uh, i get do i get a, rose a month too? worth of free production skills from your boy <laughs> oh i put you on national tv we'll talk about that later whatever <laughs> <laughs> I remembered. How about that? You didn't even remember. That's true. Anyway, you're right. So I'm bad. The, I'm bad at the coaching staff is completely sorted out. As a matter of fact, I was pretty impressed with this too. But I shouldn't be because my guy, Coach K, or Coach K, <laughs> Chris K, got it all figured out. I'm so sorry, everybody. I've been flip flopping shows, so you know I usually do the morning show. Uh, I've been doing the night show that was last night, and then I did the afternoon shows today. I'm ruined. I cannot sleep, and it's affecting every part of my life. Yeah, Michael Jordan had a really good quote. He said, winners don't make excuses. Exactly. So if you go on to TXA.com and look at their coaching staff, all the coaching hires and stuff are in, which I was really impressed with because that never happens. And also, who cares? Uh, because when uh, Eric, or Ever Withers was fired, um, took forever to realize who was on Jake Spavadol's team and blah, 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 blah. Which, uh, uh, there's no excuse for that. Every, every Division One program needs to have a staff that can, like, literally just delete photos and write bios. And uh, Texas State, la- last coaching cycle, refused to do that. And this coaching cycle, they stayed on top of it, which I'm really happy about. Also, all of these guys tweet as if. They're an 18-year-old getting offers to play at X University. Like, you'll see all these guys go, Texas State, here we come. Or, like, in the odd font that does not translate into, like, if you need accessibility support for Twitter. Like, they won't read that because it can't. Like, the odd font that's, like, curved and sloped. The Cam Newton font? It doesn't do that. (laughs) But they're tweeting about it, which is cool. I can see the vision. The brand is building. I just hope wins follow because that's what everybody, that's what matters. Mm, I think looking cool in December 
Like as the Texas State season's over, mm-hmm. I think looking cool in the off season is as important as winning on the field. Because the thing about football in 2022 is it's a 24-7, 365 event. I need, as a college football fan, I need my staff to do stuff all the time. Now, granted, I have also noticed, I wasn't going to say it, I have also noticed that our coaching staff tweets like they're an 18-year-old, and I think that it can kind of be cringy. But I have accepted them. I love them for who they are. And if that, like you said, translates to success, more power to them. If it doesn't, we have content for October because I have a notepad full of bad tweets that I'm keeping track of. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and this is this should just be, uh, you know, uh, a PSA for all Texas State coaches. But we can see your likes. <laughs> yes, please. we see That's you not, when you're liking. That is when a, you're retweeting. <laughs> that is true. I don't think we've had any problems with that yeah, so far, though. Not I. Yet. I've been keeping I've been keeping an eye on a couple of the GAs when we were in school. I was I was checking the likes every couple of uh, every couple of weeks, just double checking. A lot of, a lot of college football likes, which was good. A lot of highlight videos, which was good. I, I was I was all on board for that. A lot of job offers, likes. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. Honestly, I did not see a lot of that, so that's good. Well, going back to what you were saying, do you remember when Spav got hired and um, the university? Barely team like basically paraded him around every basketball game every castro club dinner every baseball club i know that's going on behind the scenes because one of gj's first stops was at the texas high school coaching associations which is in san marcos it didn't make sense that we didn't have a better relationship to begin with Um, regardless i know that stuff is going on in the background but that stuff is not really at the forefront of this like coaching administration because I'll tell you why, because they know what is going to bring in more money. Texas State fans are not dumb. They know that the last time that we did this parade, there was a big boost in donations. If you do it again, you're not going to get that same boost. So the way that you do it is you translate it to success. How do you translate it to success? You do those high school coaching stuff. You talk to those high school coaches. GJ, I know exactly what's happening in the background here. You going out and being public facing about like we're trying to get high school athletes. That's not that's not how this works. You go into an athletic director's office as a high a high school athletic director's office, and you say, "Who do you got for me? Who who are you? What what are we looking at here? Not in this next class, not in the twenty twenty four class, but in the twenty twenty six class. What sophomores are doing good on JV? Who who's looking really good on the uh, the scout team that we can kind of take a look at?" That, that's what he's got to do. And look, like you mentioned, High School Coaches Association in San Marcos, no excuse not to have a better relationship. No excuse not to recruit the north side of San Antonio and at least one or two of the Austin schools. Doesn't have to be Westlake. Doesn't have to be Lake Travis. There's a lot of schools in Central Texas who produce, hey, guess what? A lot of good talent. Who would have thought it, right? Recruit the area and you'll be fine. Hashtag Rally the Valley. I, I'm here for we, that. Need, we, don't we, have... need, we need a 5'7 quarterback from McAllen, Texas. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Can we run a triple option? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wildcat. That, that's what formation. it would be. Yeah. Backup quarterback from McAllen Memorial High School, Jacob Rodriguez. <laughs> Nothing looks better than those Bandito mustaches. I would be excited for it. There you go. They um, also had some late signees, too. Not... 
extremely late or anything, but literally as we got off the pod, did you see any of those? What do you think about them? It was fine. Like like I said, I I'm really big into fat guys, not fat guys, but like big guys. I like 300 pounders, and uh, you know, it's fine. Like I I know nobody caught my attention that I was like falling in love with Jacob. If I'm being completely honest with you. I like at Mikey Rocks twenty six. <laughs> He's a DB. That's cool. Yeah, like I said, like it's, you know, I'm more curious what spring practice is going to look like. Uh, during the spring, we're going to have to have our guy, uh, the Undertaker, Colton McWilliams, come on and uh, break it down for us because he will be like in the stadium watching these guys. That is who I, I trust when it t- comes to like talking about these guys. But right now. You know, last week of December, I'm cool with it. I'm rocking, rocking with a solid B plus. I feel good. Yeah, I think I think I might go down to the spring game either to watch in the press box or just watch as a fan. But I can get it either way, so it doesn't matter. Mm. So really, it's really what I want to do at this point. It's like, do I want to work and like turn this for Ken's, or do I want to work and do this for my podcast? You know, you got to have multiple irons in the fire, man. That's that's what I love about you. Yeah, calling the blacksmith. So, um, did anything bug you about the the final coaching list? The thing that I guess I was kind of like, hmm, is that Daniel Prado, the team special teams coordinator, is also the associate head coach. I know a lot of teams do this. It can be odd, though. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, so I don't think that that was what bothered me. I think it's that he looks like Seth Green. That kind of caught my attention. That's the thing that I was more like, Austin Powers? That's what caught my attention. Um, no, it's like, I don't, like I said, that's that's not something that's going to concern me, I don't think. Well, because we also have an associate head coach on the basketball team. I didn't know that until today when I got curious and started looking around and just poking on all the team's websites and stuff. But, yeah, whatever. It, is it weird that it's a special teams coordinator? Not really. No, there you had like a very like if Spab was your OC and then that was also the associate head coach, I would be like, that guy's the real head coach, (laughs) you know, (laughs) not after this season, obviously. But (laughs) yeah, no, well, there's there's been a couple times where the special team coordinator will move into a different role later. You know, you get him a young, and then as an OC transfers out or a quarterback coach moves on to somewhere else, you can move guys around. And I think that that's what makes a really good head coach. If you look around college football, the best head coaches are CEOs. They're not the play callers. They're not these offensive geniuses. They're guys that can go find other guys that want to coach with them, that want to be on the in the system, in the locker room with the guys. So, look, I think having a, a special teams coach as the associate AC is essentially kind of like an internship, not an internship program, because that's kind of diminishing the role here, but like, it kind of is. It's like, hey, this guy is going to be around. He's going to be in the rooms with the offense coordinators. Going to be in the rooms with some of these recruiting coordinators. Going to be in the room with, and he's going to learn some stuff. And I hope that he's around. I hope that you know we Texas State turns into one of those programs, like some of the other ones. Arkansas State did this a couple years ago, where they get so successful that the head coaches are transferring out or getting better jobs, getting Power Five jobs every couple years, every two or three years. And then another coach on the staff just steps up and takes over. That is a good situation to be in. Now, it's going to take a while for Texas State to have that, to turn into that. But, yeah, maybe they can do it. Maybe they can do it. Also, like, that's basically the last pretty much news dump until February, National Signing Day. 
like the actual final, like when they round out the class with like the last, I guess it's four or five scholarships at this point, maybe. Uh, but they're, they had late offers from people and people are like, why would you offer me the day before early signing period opens? I'm not signing with you right now. <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep my options open. Maybe the University of Sciences and Arts is going to come calling. Yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> Yeah, if we're we're probably not. I think it should be a kind of a quiet period for Texas State between now and February. I'm hoping that it is because if it isn't, that means something either kind of crazy is happening, like a guy is decommitting, um, or somebody gets in trouble. Those are normally the uh, the situations that you end up in after New Year's and before Valentine's Day. It's that weird period where cold, lonely, trouble happens. You know. Yeah, that's where you start getting into trouble. You know, <laughs> look, it's it's one of those things where between November and March, you kind of got to be careful because there's not a lot to do. And idle hands are a very dangerous thing for a football coach and for their players. And for their support staff. Yes. Basketball also had three early signings, too. Um, that was cool. I saw a press conference. I was talking to Chris K about this earlier at Texas State. He was like, no, we just did a Facebook video. Looked on Facebook, I couldn't find it. So maybe I'll find it later and insert a bite here. But if not, I'm just going to click on the University Star article because, um, you know, I ran that thing, so I can do whatever I want with it. Um, Johnson said that this class is complete as of now, but you never know what might happen with the transfer portal. I ain't hard to find, says Deion Sanders. <laughs> yeah, transfer portal's weird, man. Like, I don't know. Is Texas State on top of that? Do they do they need to be on top of that? Is that something think, that we? Well, because not only for not only for basketball, but for baseball and football too. Yeah, baseball is a different world too because Texas State has always had walk on tryouts. Like uh, when we were kids, we were kids. We were in college, I guess too. We were kids, but uh, when we were in college, and then like very recently too, like in this year. Um, so that's cool, and you never know what you're gonna get there. But also, people wanted to come over here. I know my cousin plays at Navarro Junior College, and he wanted to come to Texas State. But then Texas State went so deep <laughs> and almost beat Stanford. He was like, well, we are probably not going to Texas State. Yeah. I mean, ever I think every program has a walk-on period where you can, like, try out. None of the Texas State programs are as storied as, say, some of the other ones. Like, you look at Duke. Duke has a walk-on every year. Um, Stanford football has a walk-on. Rudy, very famous in Notre Dame, the walk-on type of stuff. So these other storied programs have it. Texas State just isn't famous enough. And I don't think that they have enough of um, – the baseball team is probably the best men's team that's on campus when it comes to recent success. And there's not been any guy that stands out. There's not some kid that walked on at age, whatever, 26 after, say, serving in the military or age 26 after working a job and then coming over and then pitching really well or being like a 300 batter. There's no, there's no stories like that. So it kind of gets under the rug a little bit. I'll tell you a walk-on story of mine. Uh, I worked at the Texas State Recreation Center and the you know, I, I also was writing at the star the whole time. I was the editor, but I was still at the rec and I taught lifeguarding classes there too. Um, regardless, right? So I'm just at the rec the whole time. And these guys that I know, you know, all like kind of body lifting or weightlifting guys and, you know, guys that played um, football in high school and stuff like that. 
the walk-on period starts, they start getting, you know, emails and stuff like, hey, come on down, Jake Spavadol's looking for talent. These guys go, and they're serious about it. They're, they start going in the gym every day after work. They start going to all these workouts and stuff. None of them get picked. So kind of sad. A lot of them had dreams. A lot of them had aspirations. But... I'll tell you, if, if you want to walk on somewhere, here's two things you need to do. Be over six foot and be willing to play a position that you didn't you, you probably didn't want to play in the first place. Because what they're always looking for is big guys to play in the trenches, and they're looking for very slow big guys that can play fullback. That is what you that's kind of what you need to be. And you can be on the practice team if you want, but you just want to get the shit kicked out of you like Rudy. Um, yeah, no, and and shout out to my guys, Chris and Andrew, my freshman year who tried out for the men's basketball team to be on the practice squad. They didn't get it, but they did get on the women's team as a practice squad players there. And they had a ton of fun. I personally did not have fun watching them play against the women's team, but I it was it was a good time. They had a good time doing it. Good bodies to have in the mix. Yeah, you need a 5'11 guy to shoot over. You, Andrew was like, I want to say six foot five, six foot seven, somewhere in between there. And there's not a girl like that in the Sun Belt. So if you can get a shot over him, you're probably going to get a shot over some of the better players in the Sun Belt. So it worked out good. Chris was smaller, and he wasn't very good defensively. Before we go, Andy, uh, you know, you came down for Christmas back to Texas. It was great seeing you. I got to see you exactly one time, but it was a very long and sustained period of time. So that was nice. Uh, Some would argue maybe too long. I don't think so. No. Too early, maybe. <laughs> So, I came down southwest. I was a casualty. I think that's where you're going with this, right? You want to talk the casualty travel experience. Do the travel story. All right. Well, if you haven't heard the story by now, you're living under a rock because it was on the number one uh, news program in San Antonio, Ken's Five. At least one day this week. (laughs) At least one day this week. So, Southwest has royally screwed over many, 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 many people, myself included. So Monday, day after Christmas, worst travel day of the year, I decided to try to fly out 5 a.m. flight because I'm a young guy. I can do the red eyes. And that flight got canceled uh, at 7 a.m. Then they said to me, hey, how would you feel about going to Austin? And, you know, I like to keep things weird. So I said, let me call my parents, get a ride up there. Drove up there for an 11.40 a.m. flight. And I knew something was wrong, Jacob, when TSA not only patted me down once, but twice. I got patted down in San Antonio and in Austin. But it was relatively short. Like, there wasn't a lot of people coming through TSA, which is another big red flag if you're traveling. And TSA is, like, playing on their phones. That tells you that something's going really, really, really wrong. So 11.40, I sit, or 10.40, I sit down in my seat. 11.40, we're supposed to board the plane. Noon rolls around. 2 p.m. rolls around. They finally cancel my flight around 2.30. During that time, I made friends with Raul and Beth Navarra. Raul from El Paso swam at a St. Cloud State in Minnesota. Shout out El Paso. Beth from South Dakota. We also met my guy, Zach, from Houston, who works in the uh, Twin Cities as a water um scientist he's a big water nerd anyway four o'clock and we decide that southwest they have us by the uh the jewels what are we going to do here and we decided to drive so three strangers well four strangers who didn't know each other decided to get in a car for 17 hours and drive from san antonio to minneapolis and jacob when i tell you this was the best car ride i've had since i was like six years old with my family this was great not only did I only have to drive four hours of a 17-hour ride, not only did I get to 
belt out Katy Perry and Lady Gaga car, car karaoke, but we stopped at Bucky's in New Braunfels, and I got beaver nuggets. And, dog, nothing beats that. Beaver nuggets? I love them. You were worried for a time that you were going to be killed. And I was kind of worried for you, too. That's why I started hashtag Zimmel Tracker on Twitter. It went through my head. But I will say, Beth and myself, we were sitting on a park bench waiting for Raul and Zach to get the uh, rent-a-car. And I made her pinky promise that they weren't going to kill me. And <laughs> nobody breaks a pinky promise. And I will say, too, people were very concerned. I know a lot of my coworkers up here were kind of giving me the side eye. One of them even uh, threat, like, kind of threw some shade at my mom. They were like, what Who? What mother raised a guy that would just go with strangers? Here's the thing. <laughs> They're all Texan, right? Raul, El Paso, Zach's from Houston. I'm from San Antonio. And what Texan stabs another Texan in the back? That's what we're built on, baby. That's what we're built on. Yeah. And I'm like, if I get in a car with three cowboys, I know I'm going to be completely fine. And that's what we were. We were completely fine. That's how That's how the West was won, man. That, that's what America's built on. So you take out that one lady. Different story, you think? or You know, shout out Beth, because she was really cool. Um, if it was four guys, I probably would have felt like maybe a little bit more safe. And I don't know why that is, but I just think that four guys, four strangers together. Look, that happened to me freshman year in my apartment. I didn't know who I was going to live with. That's how I ended up living with Brendan, who we had on the podcast last week. Wisdom, who's a great guy. And Dominic. What did connect? What connected all of us? Sports. We all like sports. We all were big sports guys, and we lived together for two years. So that happens. I don't know. Beth and Raul are great. I love them, and I hope to get invited to their friends' giving in January. That they kind of teased a little bit. They said we might. I might get an invite. So fingers crossed. Friended them on Facebook. We'll see what happens. Fun. That was a great story, Zimmy. And it, you turned content for me and my show. So that was great. <laughs> yes, if you missed it, you need to watch Ken's every uh, waking hour because you never know what show Jacob's going to be producing, and you might see my face. You, you truly never know what show I'm going to be producing. <laughs> I don't even know what show I'm producing. I walked in today. I thought I was producing the five. They were like, "You're on six, by the way. Don't mess with my show." I was like, "Oh, sorry, my bad." Oh, and it was good, and I liked it because I was like half asleep last night. And you texted me, "Turn on the television." I had to find the Ken's Five live stream and watch it, which was cool. You know, that was fun. Um, but, you know, and everybody loved it. Everybody enjoyed watching me. So that was cool. Sweet. Good story. Squaring around. Episode four. Thanks for watching. Peace. Book it. Book it. Thanks for listening. New episodes out every Thursday. Follow the boys on Twitter. Eat them up. Eat them up. Eat them up.